Ryan, where can people go if they're struggling? Uh, well, here is one. Yeah. They can contact us, right? During the holiday season, most places shut their doors. They shut their office hours, you know, addiction. And people who are struggling don't take days off. Mental wellness things don't take time off. So contact us. Is there anyone out there? From Darkness to Life explores the stories of real people who've navigated their way out of life's toughest situations, emerging with greater strength and resilience. If these stories remind you of your own journey and you or someone you know need help, our collective journey is here for you. Whenever you're ready to take that next step, reach out to us at ourcollectivejourney.ca. Jingle, jingle, Ryan. <laughs> you're crazy. Hey, welcome back to another episode of From Darkness to Life. We are in the Plugged In Media Network studio as usual. And today is kind of a cool, it's a special episode. It's for the holidays. Uh, I'm joined in studio today with some of our staff. Amber's here and Tara's here. Welcome, ladies. Thank you. Thank you. And over the Zoom platform, we have Alana from Calgary, one of our other staff members, tuning in today to uh, share some of her knowledge with us and join the conversation. Welcome, Alana. Thank you for having me. Yeah, for sure. How's everyone doing today? Amber, how are you? I'm pretty good. I'm getting excited for the holiday season. I see that. You got your sweat. You even stopped at home and put your sweater I on. I stopped at home to put my Rudolph sweater on so I could feel festive for the podcast. Nailed it. Yes. I think I just need a Grinch yeah. sweater. We should get you one. I we know. Should. We should. Because I'm a Grinch. We'll get Ryan a Cindy Lou Who. <laughs> Cindy Lou. <laughs> huh? <laughs> How did I draw the short straw? I, I'm okay. Because you know we wear the pants here. <laughs> oh my gosh. Welcome to the show, everybody. This is for anybody who's wondering what it's like to show up at OCJ every day and work behind the scenes. This is a lot what I experience every day. <laughs> no, just kidding. It's, it's, a, it's an amazing place to work. And this is uh, an example, I think, of the atmosphere and the working relationships that we have at OCJ and you know, if you can't go to work and have a little fun, uh, it turns out what to be, doing? yeah, right? Alana, yeah. you uh, you miss out on all the action at the office. I do. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Uh, what are we even doing here today? Talking know? about Christmas. Talking about Christmas. You know, that's a great topic. And I think every year we we hit this season, the holiday season, and especially for anybody who's new in recovery or kind of trying to navigate those early days of recovery or anybody who's in long-term recovery, right? There are those days and those times where we struggle a little bit. And I think these episodes are very valuable in the sense that, uh, you know, what's worked for us or individuals we've supported and they've been gracious enough to share some of their tips and some of their, some of their, uh, emergency response plans with us during the holiday seasons. You know, it's, it's great to have these kind of tools put in place before you get into the mix of the season, right? You end up in a spot where things are very stressful. Everybody struggles at this time and it's good to have a little more uh, substance in your toolkit. So that's kind of what we're doing here today and not just focused on addiction recovery, right? We're talking about anybody who struggles during these times, which I mean, who doesn't, right? That's a stressful time of the year. Yeah, the holidays aren't easy on anybody, that's for sure. Lots goes on. There's lots of pressure, unnecessary pressure. Christmas is not always about what it used to once be about. Mm -hmm. It's very commercialized. People mm -hmm. feel like they need to like present Christmas in like this big gifty way. And mm -hmm. it's not really what Christmas is about. You know, and I go to the gym every day. I uh for the whole month when they leave, I say Merry Christmas <laughs> and they're just like shake their heads. But I was like, man, Christmas isn't about like just messaging you and go on Christmas day. Like it goes yeah. by so fast. It comes, it goes. I was like, for me, it's about the people that I like. I enjoy. I want to spend time with. Why can't I just tell you every day leading up till we get to new year's. Then I'll say that <laughs> Make people feel important for me. That's what matters to me. I don't know. I don't like Christmas. I know. Even saying I don't like Christmas music in my vehicle, it annoys me. <laughs> yeah. I have to put on Spotify just so I can avoid that. Yeah. Just coming back from Quebec last week, both times on the plane, oh. Christmas music. I was like, <laughs> can you make me any more angrier? <laughs> <laughs> I could just picture you. 
stuck in a little can. Yeah. Angry. Yeah. <laughs> the grain she's in the plane and she's pissed <laughs> off. <laughs> and I'm just trying to picture this because my guess is that maybe your husband was singing along to the Christmas music. Oh, probably. <laughs> oh, for sure. I wouldn't pay attention if he was. <laughs> I just ignore him. I was going to say you'd walk away or pretend like you didn't know him. No one I would. Yeah. When I think that's a good example of, you know, there's people that love Christmas and people that this is not a great time of the year for them. Yeah. 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 For sure. Mm-hmm. And, and I just remind myself that it's okay. Mm-hmm. Teach their mm-hmm. own. Yeah. 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 It's definitely not a time we can avoid, right? So how do we deal with it? Whether you're on the, yay, it's Christmas side of the fence or geez, I can't wait for this to be over. Right? Yeah. I how count do get down. through it? I literally count down the yeah. days really, for eh? Christmas to be done. So your advent calendar is totally different than Amber's would be. <laughs> yeah. It's backwards. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Backwards. <laughs> She's still eating the chocolates. Yes, one more day and it's gone. <laughs> I'm like, we're almost there. Let's go on a sparkle tour. Oh my uh, I'm kind of in between you two, I think. I'm definitely not hitting the sparkle tour and I'm not counting the days down. I do enjoy Christmas, but it's not, you know, it's not this big production in my life. Anyway, it's a little different now that we have our little guy. Yeah. You know, my yeah. other two boys are older and Christmas is just another day for them, but. Yeah. Yeah. Now it's more about what can we do with the little guy to kind of ease him into Christmas and let him know what it's all about. And how about you, Alana? What's it like for you? Yeah, kind of same as you. It was never before we had our son. um, We never put up a Christmas tree because, you know, I would go to my mom's and the Christmas tree was there. And it was always so stressful for us. There was so many expectations of having to be at so many places in such a little amount of time. And it was, there was a lot of anxiety around that one day and, you know, spending almost the whole day just driving from house to house. And now that we have a kid, it's, it's so different and we've been able to, set a lot of boundaries and basically just say, listen, here's what we're doing. And if you want to be a part of it, that's great. And if not, I'll see you another time, you know? So Mm -hmm. we've really been able to make it our own instead of appeasing everybody else, because that's what they wanted to do. And we just decided, nope, this is going to be our day because we have our own family now. And that seems to really work. And everyone just kind of went like, okay, we'll see you when we see you then, you know, which is great. It it actually made things better than it was before. So So, I look forward to it now because there's less stress. (laughs) Yeah. Like, and it brings me to a good conversation is like, you know, I think, a lot of stress around Christmas is based around expectation on people, Mm. right? And then people not actually being able to just speak for themselves to say that just doesn't work, right? Mm -hmm. And like people pleasing all the places they need to go, Mm -hmm. right? Was it hard for you to put boundaries in place to be able to say like, was it nervous? Did you struggle Uh, to be like, oh man, we're going to piss everybody off? (laughs) Yeah, it is nerve wracking being a a people pleaser for sure. And you just have to realize that it's not my responsibility to maintain anyone else's happiness. And I have to take care of the things that I want to do and what makes me happy and what gives me less anxiety. And if it means not seeing everybody at Christmas, then that's what it means. And, you know, over time, like talking with my mom a lot about it, she's even said, you know, even if I don't see everybody on Christmas Day, that's fine. Like, as long as we just take time to try and see people over the holidays, like in that like week, mm-hmm. then that makes me happy. It's there's so much pressure on that one day, it seems like, mm-hmm. you know, I have to see so and so on Christmas Day. Um, and that just makes it so hard for everybody else, especially with extended families and people with boyfriends now and getting their family involved. There's, there's just so much pressure and, and, and if they want to be negative about it, then that's their problem. Yeah. Not, not ours. And 
it's it's actually it's it's been really nice and everyone was quite respectful of what what we wanted and which is awesome yeah yeah kind of lucked out that way i didn't get too much negative <laughs> reactions to it which is good good for you yeah that's really cool and that uh my god that kind of fueled up my anxiety just listening to you describe what christmas used to look like because i yeah. can put myself back into those days where yeah you got to go here 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 and here and grandma's going to phone at five and everybody has to have two minutes on the phone with her and it was just so structured and it's time to go we got to go we got places to be and it was so full of anxiety like it it mm-hmm. kind of creeped me out right now listening to that because that's how things used to be right and it is i think it's like that for a lot of people still today and you know you kind of touched on everything that i had planned um <laughs> to bring up today all the stuff that you have put into practice is amazing right like uh-huh what is the most important thing and how are we going to keep ourselves well today? Yeah. That's that's amazing. Another thing I find funny that people seem to really get stressed out about is the food (laughs) and all the things that need to be cooked. Honestly, whenever I have to host Christmas dinner, I'm ordering pizza. Like Mm -hmm. I love it. That's it. I'm just going to order pizza because I'll, I'll I'll be too busy socializing with everybody that I'll forget to cook anyway. So Or you'll forget the bird in the oven. (laughs) I I ordered a charcuterie board. Nice. A a large one. Yeah. Well, that's a good idea. Yeah. I didn't even think of that. Because I'm hosting Christmas this year. I'll tell you the person I got one off of. Absolutely. Yeah, it's easy. I'm a snacker. And our family, like... Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, we've been big snackers. Like when we were kids, same thing. We'd go wake up, open presents, go to my grandma's on the farm, go to my grandma's in the city. Like it's just one train to the next. And we don't do that here. But Christmas Eve is always about being chill and just snacking. We only have snacking Mm -hmm. foods out. Like there's no need to cook. Mm -hmm. It's a waste of time. I want to spend time playing games. Yeah. And I snack enough (laughs) calories into my body that I don't also need to find supper. I really don't. Yeah, and who lots. actually likes turkey? Nobody. Nobody. <laughs> Nobody. Nobody. It's Nobody. gross, and it's so big, it's and dry. then you have it forever. And you're oh, tired. And, yeah. Nope. And you're bloated. Nope. Because I know this year we were like, absolutely no turkey, and everybody agreed. Yeah. I'm a ham. Yeah, that's I what we're doing. Ham. Double smoked ham. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I'm getting hungry. <laughs> We should have had a little charcuterie board of snacks in here for this one, holiday style, next year. I'm sure they'll, yes, next time maybe. I'm sure the listeners would love to enjoy hearing us chomp away on our board. (laughs) Sorry about that. (laughs) Oh, man. It's so true, though. And these things that uh, you shared, Alana, and also the food one is, you know, you find a way to navigate the holidays, whatever works for you. Right. And yeah. I, I can totally resonate with that. I've never cooked a big Christmas. Well, I don't know if I've ever hosted Christmas dinner, but I can see why <laughs> nobody would ever come to it. Right. When they're, when they're served their air fryer nachos, <laughs> <laughs> I'd come. I know, sure. right? Like I totally agree. People spend 24, 48 hours slaving away, making this massive Christmas dinner. And a lot of times you hear people complain about it. I've been so busy making this dinner and I've been up since yeah. two in the morning doing this. Yeah. And I'm like, why? Why are we doing this? Relax. I know it's tradition. Why but would you do that to yourself? Yeah. Because we've always done it. And who well, are we pleasing yeah. and making right? happy? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You spent, yeah, almost 48 hours to make this meal that it took people 10 minutes to eat. Yeah. Right. You know? And nobody will think about it, it again. It? Yeah. Yeah. Very true. Very true. Yeah. You know, one thing I think is is a little bit interesting. My daughter goes to her dad's for Christmas and they pick a different type of food to make every Christmas. Nice. Which I think is kind of cool. That's like their tradition and they all cook it mm-hmm. together. So then they don't cook like the same thing and they really enjoy cooking. But I think that is neat. It's like a little bit different of a yeah. tradition to do. Learn how to cook different food. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's more of an experience for their family because they all get involved in it too, which I find is interesting. Yeah, that's fun. Yeah, fun. Yeah, I think it takes the burden off that one or two people that have to cook the whole meal, right? Uh They're the Uh ones prepping it for two days and getting it all together. And and, oh my gosh, if I was in those shoes, that would be exhausting. And I would hate the whole event halfway through it and it's not even over yet. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. And nope. you're still stuck in the kitchen the whole time. Everyone's having a good time and catching up, mm-hmm. telling stories, and you're stuck cooking in the kitchen, cooking. Yeah. Yeah. That's no fun. So that's our tip for 2024. Don't cook. <laughs> Don't cook. <laughs> Don't Get cook, pizza. order pizza, she order a charcuterie board. <laughs> Tradition of cooking is gone. Yeah. When I think that's like to just kind of break that down, I think it's, you know, the, the things that we've been used to for so long, that open-mindedness and willingness to change, like if that's the stressor, get rid of it, right? Yeah. And like we heard in here today, Tara, you said it like, it's really not going to impact too many people, right? After you're done the meal and you go home, people might say, hey, that was different, whatever that looks like, but mm-hmm. nobody's going to remember in a week from now that, man, they they made air fryer nachos for Christmas. That's so bizarre. <laughs> Five years, nobody's going to remember. Yeah, no. no one. Yeah, that's so true. So true. What do you guys think about uh, the individuals who are out there just, let's say this is their first Christmas in recovery. Mm. It's a tough time. It is, right? Yeah. Because let's face it, Christmas, for me anyway, when, when I look back in my experience, Christmas was about... Alcohol. There Drink. was a lot of alcohol yeah. involved over Christmas. Didn't matter whose yeah. house you went to, there was booze there. Yeah. And they were usually within seconds offering you drinks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the Christmas parties, right? The the corporate culture around alcohol and Christmas parties revolve around alcohol. And Oh, and your friends try to get together for mm-hmm. side parties. Like, I think December has just always been an entire month of drinking yeah. or based around yeah. drinking, getting out drinking, yeah. getting out drinking. For sure. So Amber, if you could suggest one, what do you think for that individual who might be listening that's navigating their first Christmas season or holiday season, what's one good thing that you could uh, send their way? Well, I know for me, like I just come prepared with my own stuff. Hmm. Like I, I bring kombucha everywhere or tea. That's my thing. I like berries and kombucha. So like I just come prepared. And so when someone's like, hey, do you want a drink? No, I've got my own. Thanks. Perfect. Right? Like set yourself up for success. Yeah. And it's yeah. easy. Yeah. Easy stressor to eliminate, I think. Yeah. And yeah. I think two part of the problem is like, I think people new in recovery have a hard time overcoming the fact that life's going to look different. Mm-hmm. So being, I guess, setting yourself up for being okay knowing that you have what you need and it's just going to be a different experience for yourself that doesn't have to be the same. Like people are stuck on tradition and like, Oh, I'm going to go out with my friends and I'm going to be the only one not drinking. I found that that's hard to overcome. Do you find I've got people in recent recovery who've really struggled around that traditional aspect of like making cider and things like that and how they get past that. Mm -hmm. Do you have people that struggle in that regard and how, uh, not currently, but I have in the past, right? And that whole tradition piece, like you talked about, is is a big one, right? And yeah. I know in my, you know, back in my drinking days, Christmas Eve was a tradition. My previous wife and myself would go over to my buddy's house and his wife, and we would get bombed out of our minds Christmas Eve, mm-hmm. playing games until 3, 4 in the morning, right? And that was a tradition, year after year. Yeah. And I look back now and I think, wow, what a <laughs> what a crazy tradition that was. But it seemed normal, right? Yeah. Um. But yeah, anybody who's struggling with that piece, I think that's a great tip. Um, bring in your own alcohol, that, or not your own alcohol, bring in your own <laughs> beverage. <laughs> Jesus. That's not a green light. <laughs> yeah. Your <laughs> non-alcoholic drink. <laughs> yes. I forgot a key word there, non. Yeah. Bring your own beverage, right? Take that stressor rate out of it and uh, bring your own um Bring your own transportation as well is another good tip, I think. Mm-hmm. You know, one that was taught yeah. to me early on is find, if you, if things start going sideways or you just feel uncomfortable, it's nice to have your own vehicle there and get out. Yeah. Right. And if you are mm-hmm. riding with somebody to a, an event, um, lots of times I think having that conversation before you get there that, you know, if, if things go not according to plan for me, um, I'm likely going to find my own way home. I'm going to leave when I want to and. Just so you don't be, you know, I've, I've been stuck in that situation where you, you, you don't want to leave because you don't want to say the wrong thing or you don't want people to, you know, ask a hundred questions while you're leaving. And so I end up staying there for an extra hour, extra mm-hmm. two hours, right? And the longer you stay, anybody who's been out, and I'm sure I'm going to date myself here, but nothing really good happens after midnight. So the longer you stay at events, the, yeah. the 
more alcohol starts flowing, the more debauchery starts happening, right? I put myself back yeah. in those two, three in the morning parties and nothing is happening at that hour. That's, you know, contingent on sobriety. It doesn't lead to sobriety. So for me, yeah. it was like, find a way to get home and get out of there. And be okay to leave. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess that's important. Don't feel guilty. <clears throat> for sure. You're yeah. doing it for you, not yeah. for others, for you. Yeah, and that's it. Back to that boundary piece, mm-hmm. right? Is like, how do I set good boundaries for me? Because this isn't about them, and recognizing that it's not about them, it's your wellness, and people will respect it. It's just tough to tell mm-hmm. them, I think, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You see that lots where people maybe they haven't really shared a lot of their story, yeah, and they don't want to say, "Well, it's because I'm trying not to," and then open that conversation up, conversation up at Christmas dinner. Yeah. Right. To make them uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. When I think the people that don't understand it, like you said, Amber, people understand it, but I think the ones that don't understand it or give you a hard time about it. Yeah. That makes it very easy to start looking at your friend's circle to see who's in this, you know, mm-hmm. for your best interest, who's going to be there um, to help you move forward in whatever you're trying to accomplish, right? Whether it's sobriety, whether it's whatever that looks like for you. But when people start giving you a hard time and harassing you, it, it, in my experience, anyway, that was my friend circle, right? It mm-hmm. became pretty easy to re- to recognize which individuals are probably not going to have a part in my circle for too much longer. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that was another piece around, you know, it's a way to reframe that experience, right? It sucks when that happens, but once you, you know, sit back, remove yourself from that situation, sit back and start looking at it and start looking at it from their perspective, what's the reason behind them giving you a hard time? And usually it's something on them, right? And Mm-hmm. makes it pretty easy to step back from that friend circle. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, Tara, you got anything, any tips that you would like to suggest for any listeners out there who might be uh, navigating their first holiday season? I don't know if I want to put a tip in for mm-hmm. people that are navigating their first, but even their friends and their family, mm-hmm. don't question them and make them feel uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and want all that. the details over Christmas. Yeah, yeah and that's why I brought it up. It does come up. People it get does. curious. Let's like tell me more about it. <laughs> <laughs> that's my worst yeah. saying. Oh my why aren't you drinking? <laughs> my therapist won't even ask me that. Tell me more. <laughs> Which is so funny. No, I'm yeah. pretty sure I just asked you about your doctor's appointment and said that. <laughs> 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 It's triggering Amber. Uh, sorry. <laughs> when I like what you said, Alana, one of the other things that gets asked a lot is, well, why aren't you drinking? How come you don't want to drink, yeah. right? That's yeah. another thing to... Like, stop, it's people. So stop. Stop. None of your business. Yeah. And for me, like, I, you know, I'm not in recovery, but I maybe have one drink every three to four months. And... I get so frustrated when if I decide, you know, at an outing that I'm not having a drink and someone asks why or what I'm drinking, the first question, and because I'm female and of my age, <laughs> oh, are you pregnant? <laughs> Every time. <Yeah>. And it, <laughs> it's it doesn't rude. matter. It's so <laughs> frustrating. No, it's because I have an energetic five-year-old and I don't want to wake up feeling like shit tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Um, yeah, people are just like nosy. oddly nosy and curious. <laughs> like they need to know. And it's like, why? Yeah. Has zero mm-hmm. impact on how you, on your day. Totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's definitely hard for a person in recovery to constantly share their story. It makes them uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Right? <clears throat> Nobody wants to do that on Christmas Day. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, it's funny as I sent my friends a giant WhatsApp chat, like all of them, because I was similar. Like when I quit drinking, every time I would show up to something was the same thing. Why aren't you drinking? Do you want me to get you a drink? I can go get you a drink. Do you want my drink? I was like, no. And I just got so frustrated of like having to repeat myself that I just sent out a giant chat. No one asked me ever again. Amazing. I don't want to explain myself. This is it. That's the end of it. And that's been the end of it. Yeah. So sometimes yeah. maybe just like if you can be courageous and send out a message and just say, this is where I'm at. This is my choice. I don't really want to hear anything more about it. Yeah. People don't ask. Mm-hmm. 
I just had to put them to rest. <laughs> Love them. But when they're used to it, they also are like, what do you mean? Mm-hmm. Right? It's different for them. They can't figure out and they think they're losing you. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. Right? They're missing their yeah. party buddy. Yeah. <clears throat> I totally went through that. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go back to the whole piece that you mentioned earlier, Alana, about having all of these places you have to go. And whether you're in recovery, whether you're new in recovery, whether you're a family, whatever that looks like. Like that's, I said earlier, how I anxiety producing that is for me, right? So, you know, one of the things I, I try now in my life, and I mean, my life looks way different than it used to nowadays, right? I, I don't have all those external stressors like I used to have and all these places you have to be in um, based on the work I've done and some of the stuff you talked about, Alana, right? It, it's not the end of the world if we don't see these people today. We can see them next week or something, right? And, but I think an easy way to start looking at that situation is whether it's on paper, whether it's in your mind, whatever it is, and it doesn't matter who you are or what you're going through, is start almost like mapping that out. How many events are you invited to? Figure out which ones are going to be the most important ones you have to attend or you want to attend. Which ones are going to be the most risky, whether it's, you know, based around sobriety and recovery, whether it's around stress, whether it's around confrontation with grandma, whatever that looks like, right? (laughs) Figure out which ones are going to be the most risky situations for you to put yourself in and, and start planning your events that way. I know that's worked for a lot of people that I've worked with in the past and start figuring out which events aren't really on that. They don't need to be on that map anymore, right? That one there, it doesn't matter if I show up to that one. This one here, I should show up, but I know it's going to be risky. I know, you know, it's one of those friends parties that we talked about earlier on. You mentioned Amber and there's going to be a lot of booze. So maybe it's, I'm going to go for an hour and I'm going to set a timer. And at that 60 minute mark, I'm going to make my exit. It's a good plan. Yeah. Something, Mm -hmm. right? You know, and that's a way to. I just don't go. Yeah. I'm I'm very similar to you now, right? Like, I think our company Christmas party was the first one I've attended in years and probably the best one (laughs) (laughs) she was dancing and enjoying herself the supper was great it was was an amazing supper you were too seven really good (laughs) we won't mention much let's move on yeah it was a good Christmas party it was supper was wonderful yeah Supper was good. Yeah. And, and same with breakfast the next day. It was really good. <laughs> Very good. Yeah. So you really enjoyed the food and the company? <laughs> and the company was great. Well, company. that's what's made the supper great. Amazing. Right, is all the company. Okay. Mm-hmm. When Tara's point of view, we'll leave out what wasn't so great. Yeah. 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 And we'll... Uh, it's just my Grinch behavior. Do you think that it was easier for you to go out and want to go out and have supper because... 90% of us are in recovery and you know that you're not going into like a drinking event. Mm, I don't, that's a good question. I've never really like put it that thinking of it that way. Cause one, I just hate Christmas. I think it's like overrated. Mm-hmm. I don't see the point of it. <laughs> I don't like, yeah. I'll be honest. I give my kids gifts all year round. Mm -hmm. Why do I need a special day to give them a gift? It's very true. Yeah. And same with spending time with my family. If I want to spend time with my family, I'll like just call them all over to my house for a weekend. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like I don't need that specific day. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So going to a Christmas party, I don't know if it's like, that could be part of it, or if I was just trying to start, try something new Fair and enough. get out of my comfort zone. I like it. Yeah. yeah. I would say, Amber, that was something for myself that I actually really looked forward to, that knowing there was no pressure to drink yes. at a Christmas party with a lot of individuals who are in recovery themselves. Like I, I mentioned that to my husband that I was really looking forward to that, you know, and coming from, you know, the industry that I used to be in, it was very heavy on alcohol consumption at parties mm-hmm. and a lot of pressure with that. So I, I appreciated this one being so chill, waking up 
feeling fresh yeah the next day and yeah not talking about the office assistant who yes got sloppy (laughs) yeah right (laughs) it's true it's It's true true. it is true yeah well that's that's really cool that you mentioned that Alana because that's what I really appreciate about going to events like that now is you know from my own perspective I'm not hailed out the, the next day I'm not sleeping in asking for a late checkout because I can't get my stinky ass out of bed because I'm so hungover um, I'm not worried about the stuff I did or said the night before right I'm yeah. not I'm not you know and this was something that I was famous for I'm not saying inappropriate things to the other staff especially if they're female you know, there's, there's all these things that I'm grateful for today and simply because I eliminated alcohol from my life mm-hmm. and those were all green lights when I was drinking. That was just normal behavior for me. Right. And I would have yeah. been, I wasn't the office manager, but I would have been the one who was sloppy. You would have been the one oh, we talked about the next poured day. me out of there in a cup, just a disaster. <laughs> and the and I would have thought everyone else was like that too. Cause I was so loaded all the time that mm-hmm. I just thought everyone else got that loaded. I, I no was idea. like that at parties. Me too. Yeah. 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 Those ones that are like dancing on speakers and yeah, I'd be in there in the sh- yeah that was me <laughs> dancing on tables having a good time thinking I'm cool <laughs> but now I think back and I'm like oh my god what a sloppy crew I'm running with these days <laughs> and now we're all like at breakfast at the crack of dawn together saying goodbye everyone feels good so looking good we're all going to bed at ten yeah. I know I watched, everyone's yeah. tucked in by eleven. <laughs> I watched everybody slowly start to check their watches and make their exit that night. Like 9.30, people were starting to look at their watches. By 10, 10.30, I don't know if many people were left by 10.30. Everyone was gone. I was definitely gone by 10.30. Yeah, I tell my friends all the time, like, well, I think most of my friends know too, like, they won't see me past 10. Yeah. Typically, if I do go out and see them, I'm tired. Yeah. I'm so tired. Like, yeah. And then things get messy around that time. It's starting to trend. It is. In a different space. And I'm mm-hmm. like, all right, that's my cue to leave. Oh my <laughs> Have goodness. a good night, everybody. Yeah. Wake up feeling like a million bucks is a good feeling. Yeah, it is. It really is. Ryan, what would your tip be? I have a few of them, but yeah, the. I think for me, a, a real big one is um, it doesn't matter where you're going to be. Uh, you know, quite often you're going to be around people that you know are going to stress you out. Mm-hmm. So I make a plan during the day around what that's going to look like, right? What kind of uh, situations might I get into? Play them out in my head, right? What am I going to do so that it's not so stressful for me? Um, do I even need to attend is a big one. Like you said, Tara, sometimes I don't even go. If, if it's an overwhelming number of people that stress me out, I'm like, no, I yeah. don't need to be there, right? That's for yeah. my mental wellness. I don't need to be there. And if they're upset about it, like you said, Alana, that's on them, not me. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. and I just know what I need to do to stay healthy today. So that's a big one. I don't put myself in too many real stressful situations because once I get into them, I don't really control the situation anymore. It's always just what can I control, and that's me. So I control that piece by not going. Yeah, yeah, and eliminate the whole stressful thing. And if it's something, let's say it's something where I need to go, I try to work my whole day prior to that event in a in a manner where. I'm not working myself up to a level of anxiety or stress, right? I, I try to do some self-care things leading up to that event. So I'm in a real good space when I go there so that, you know, I'm not already behind the eight ball mm-hmm. when I get mm-hmm. there and setting myself up for a train wreck. So stuff like that. And it all comes down to self-care and boundaries. And and it's not something that happened overnight for sure. It usually happened because I, <laughs> I tripped and fell a few times. And <laughs> well, that didn't work. So maybe I should do something about this piece. Yeah. Yeah. I think taking mini breaks too. Mm, that's good. Like mm-hmm. a, being in Quebec for a week, I really noticed that I would sneak away to an empty room just to have a breather because there were so many people and I'd get so overwhelmed that I just needed that break. Mm-hmm. Peace and quiet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just so I could think straight and just calm myself. Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't yeah. feel agitated and get all cranky. Yeah. I have an aunt that does that often. It's my mom 
my mom often hosts Christmas dinner and she's got, you know, the one room in someone's house. that's like the fancy room. Like you don't sit (laughs) sit on that furniture. Is the plastic still on the furniture? (laughs) That's where the commercials are shot. (laughs) (laughs) And I'd always, you'd always find her sitting and just having this like quiet moment. And I remember when I was younger being like, oh, you know, she's like, she's no fun. She just doesn't want to be around, around us. And now, like, girl, I get you. <laughs> yeah. I, I want to sneak yeah. away to that. Can I sit with you? I won't talk. Have a moment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Quiet. Kids what's, aren't running around screaming. What's Great. the purpose of those rooms? I know exactly what you're talking about. Uh-huh. I have an aunt who had a room like that as when I was growing up and you'd walk in and this was on display, like you're walking into Leon's <laughs> and then you get to use the rest of the house. But I don't think don't I ever put a room. toe across yeah. that line. <laughs> yeah. I don't think anybody ever did. Just kind of look in, peek around the corner. Oh, what that's is, nice. What is well, the point of that nice. room? I don't know. And then like the furniture's never comfortable. No. Like it's oh, terrible. It's awful. Yeah. It's just, it's just for show. Pretty. What a waste. Yeah. It the people, <laughs> it's for the fancy guests. People don't have those anymore, do they? Well, my mom does. Well, I mean, I like know, in a new build, they're definitely not there. Oh, not really. No, I don't think so. So it's a no. generational thing. Yeah. Ah. It's a boomer thing. It's a boomer thing. Boomers Shout out to the boomers. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to the boomers in your bougie room. <laughs> Next uh, time I see one, I'm going to sit in there. I got to do it. You got to do it. I got to do it. So any boomers that are listening, then you have a bougie room. You invite one of us over so we can come sit in your bougie room. (laughs) Put some dents in those furniture. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I can hear our listener base declining as we speak. (laughs) It's all good. All good. Alana, what other kind of tips do you have for anybody out there navigating the holiday season? Oh my gosh. I don't know. I mean... You guys, it feels like you guys are more in the thick of it than I am. Honestly, just do whatever you want to do. You know, if, like Tara said, if something you don't want to do, don't go. Mm-hmm. If something that, if there's an event coming up and it's constantly on your mind and it's giving you that, like, awful gut feeling, yeah, you probably shouldn't be there. Yeah. You know, find, make a different plan. Go to a movie. Yeah. You know, just do whatever feels right to you and don't worry about making other people angry for it. I know it's hard, but you'll you'll feel better for it and be better for it, I think. Just if everyone out there could just lower their expectations around Christmas. That'd be nice. <laughs> that would be oh, great. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Christmas definitely is a a big event for a lot of people, right? I know I've heard people talking about it for weeks on end now about their Christmas plans and who's going where and do you have your Christmas gifts wrapped and all these things yet, right? People had Christmas trees up in November. I'm like, oh my gosh, why? And we're totally not having this episode to shit on anyone who loves Christmas, obviously, because we invited our friend Amber. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Amber's our Christmas lover. I'm one of those people. She probably had a tree up in October. 24th or something see Elena's <laughs> but Elena's you know what it's, I do it for my kid that's it that's yeah. all it is but in if we didn't have him we wouldn't have a tree and but he loves it it's so magical for him and it's so cool to to watch him experience this little magic of Christmas and that that to us is worth it yeah yeah, yeah. Christmas is important to me Like, I like Christmas. And there was a time in my life that I didn't like Christmas. Like, my mom died 12 days before Christmas, right? Mm -hmm. And my mom was struggling with addiction. But my mom was, like, a huge Christmas person. So when I had kids, I'm probably similar to you, where I was able to, like, you know, take back all those traditions and give them back to my children. And then, you know, give them the memories that I know of my mother to them. Right. Mm-hmm. And be like, this is what I used to do with my mom and I bake with my kids. And so for me, like, I like it because it's, it just reminds me of my mom. So mm-hmm. it's important to me. But yeah. there was a time where it really was a very stressful time and I hated the holidays. Right. But mm-hmm. yeah. So for me, it just brings me joy. Nice. I'm like Mrs. Claus, yeah. you know, 
And I get a real tree so that thing doesn't go up till December. Oh, right. But at I the forgot, first point, I, I can cut that baby down. I go. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, it'd probably uh, be November 15th. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah. Step and I up. think that everyone just needs to have, you know, the Christmas lovers need to have respect for the Christmas haters. Yeah. And vice versa, because Christmas brings up a lot of different feelings and triggers and mm-hmm. trauma and emotions for everybody. everybody. And just, you know, if you hate Christmas, that's okay. Hate Christmas then, but don't force other people to hate Christmas. Yeah. And same goes with people who love Christmas. Don't force other people to love Christmas. Yeah. It's. Teach their own. Yeah. I think that's really cool. Cool advice, right? It's okay yeah. to to not like something, but it doesn't mean it's okay to push it on everyone else. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like drinking. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. yeah. Just cause aunt Susie can drink doesn't mean I can drink. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Do we all have an aunt Susie? No, I no. don't actually. No. I just made that no. up. <laughs> Someone does. <so>. Interesting. <laughs> does anybody here have an aunt Susie? No, I do. <laughs> yeah. She's, she'd never listened to this. So. <laughs> Chelsea has the bougie room. <laughs> and Susie, if you listen in, we need your room. No way. She lives in, I won't, uh, that's enough about Aunt Susie. I won't uh, pinpoint her location down. <laughs> but we're not going there. We're not going to Aunt Susie's. No, it's, it involves a big road trip east of here, so I don't go east too often. Speaking of uh, Amber's cooking. Yes, I know you enjoy baking. Yes. And I know you enjoy sharing all your baking. Yes. Has anyone else had the privilege of getting some baking from Amber? Not yet. Oh my gosh. Oh, were you <laughs> baking while I was gone? Yet. I did bake and I dropped Ryan some baking off while you were away. Nice. Don't yeah, worry, some, is coming. Some is the equivalent of a whole plate of. <laughs> that, that's one thing I will do, though, is I'll make yeah. treats. Yeah. So that'll be coming soon. Yeah, don't yeah, bypass my office. Take no, it Amber. No, no. No, you're going to have the pleasure of trying some. Yeah. Well, as long as some means just a couple, but anybody who knows me and Amber knows me that there was a, if we laughed about it the next day, cause that whole plate of sweets, I don't know if many survived their, their expiration <laughs> date was that night by midnight, I think. And even my wife pointed it out. Alyssa's woke up the next morning. She goes, I think I had two off that plate and there's one like half of a butter tart left. And there must've been a dozen things on there. (laughs) Yeah. I start with one and I'll sit on the couch and I'll wonder how all the rest of them are doing over there on that plate until I go get one. (laughs) And then I'm like, well, I'm here. I may as well take two. That's right. Sounds similar to addiction, my friend. Weird, right? One's good. (laughs) Two's going to be great. Yeah. One's too many. Thousands never enough. (laughs) I should have diabetes by morning. Yeah. No. And that's, I just brought that up around, you know, to discuss how it is kind of like addiction, right? It's find what works for you and find what you know are your triggers, right? And I know lots of people don't believe in the word trigger, but whether it's uh, something that kicks off your negative thinking or your negative behavior, I don't care what word you want to use to describe it. Mm -hmm. Something Mm -hmm. sends you down that old path, that mindset, that behavior starts and it all starts with our thinking. So figure out what kicks that off. And that's the piece to start working on, right? Whether it's people, places, or things, don't put mm-hmm. yourself around those situations that you know based on our track record. I know based on my track record, if I go here and do A, B, and C, D is likely to happen at some point. Mm-hmm. We have a really good friend in recovery that always says, if you sit long enough in the barber chair, eventually you're getting yeah, a haircut. Okay. Right? <laughs> and it makes sense in all walks of life. Yeah. Right? You, you yeah. argue with your father-in-law your mother-in-law you keep going to their house every day and you go there stressed out and you go there kind of anxious and eventually you're going to get in a fight and Mm -hmm. you're going to be the catalyst that starts it because of your mindset usually and it doesn't matter what what event you're going to i think it all comes down to what we can control and that's how we think and how we behave and if we just bypass all those and put ourselves into these negative situations or these slippery places eventually we end up on our ass Mm mm-hmm has that ever happened to anybody? A few times. Yeah. I speak from experience. Mm-hmm. Ryan, where can people go around here if they're if they're struggling? Uh, well, here is one. Yeah. They can contact us, right? Especially if they're connected to us. I know 
during the holiday season, most places shut their doors. They shut their office hours really slim down. They're only open, you know, three days for out of those 10 days, whatever that looks like. Um, with us, I know we're all going to be at home. doesn't mean that we're not going to check our messages, answer our emails, answer our phones, you know, addiction and people who are struggling don't take days off mental, um, obstacles, mental wellness things don't take time off. So I don't know. Contact us. Yeah. Is something I think that, uh, isn't, it's pretty easy to do. Send us an email. It's on our websites. Hit us up on direct messaging. That's the beauty of having Alana on here today. She looks after all our social media. That's the individual that uh, will likely receive your message and pass it on to the appropriate coach, whoever you're looking for, Mm -hmm. Um, or contact your local uh, here in Medicine Hat. I know the Salvation Army has a a meal Mm -hmm. for anybody who's struggling over Christmas. Contact your local Salvation Army. There's so many places, right? There's contact whoever in your circle is your safe, trusted people, I think, and start that conversation when you're struggling. Yeah. Yeah. That's the easiest one to do. Yeah. Yeah. Right. A friend. Yeah. Yeah. There's meetings always during the holidays. Tons. Hit up a meeting if you need to set yourself up for success. Mm -hmm. Wherever you're listening to this, check out your local support group meetings, right? I know there's tons available online, whether it's, in the Alberta area, wherever you're hearing this, just start looking up where your your local support groups are. And I know here in Medicine Hat, there's 24, 48 hours worth of continuous meetings that take place starting yeah. Christmas Eve and run through till Boxing Day. So just uh, reach out, I think, is the biggest one. And like you said, Alana, start talking to somebody, right? It doesn't matter what you're struggling with. It's easier to do it with someone else than it is to try to navigate it by yourself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, oh. once you start talking, you realize you're not alone. Mm-hmm. You all know that. Yeah. Unfortunately, I think that, you know, based on my experience and everyone in this room has their own experience, but that's usually the hardest thing to do is make that first mm-hmm. phone call, message, whatever that looks like, right? And that first, initiate that first conversation. But I can tell you from my experience, that's the last one I had to do alone. Mm-hmm. Everything after that, I had somebody there, you know, and, yeah. and nobody can really fix anything for you, but they can sure listen and start providing different resources and different um, avenues of support. And I think that's the biggest piece is I could not think my way out of my problems, mm-hmm. right? I tried for many years and I just had to be open to letting people help me because there was lots out there that the resources were there. I just didn't know about them or I didn't mm-hmm. have the courage to go through the doors until I had somebody with me that had been through those doors and got a little easier after that. Yeah. And a little easier and a little easier. And suddenly here we are today. Yeah. I think that was some of the best advice I had, right? It it doesn't have to be a professional agency to reach out to and don't wait. Here's, here's probably my most important advice is don't wait until it's a crisis to reach out. Yeah. I agree. Mm -hmm. Cause nine times out of 10, we know which service providers show up then. And, you know, they're doing the best they can. They have an entirely different training than we have. Um, And it usually turns out differently if you, if you reach out prior to reaching a crisis, right? So just reach out and start getting connected. It might not be the first person you talk to is the right fit, but at least you're starting the, Mm -hmm. you're starting, right? You're Mm -hmm. starting the the process of finding the right supports and that person might not know, like if you reach out to us, I know for sure that I'd never say we're the right fit for everyone, sure. but we sure have a lot of resources that will help you find the right fits or the right yeah. resources. Do you have any advice for people? You know, there's a lot of reluctancy around this time of the year to actually go into treatment. You know, I'll just make it. Or I want to make it till after the holidays. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to be here with my family. What's your suggestion or advice you give to someone who has that mindset? Who's scared to go and, you know, like I said, doesn't want to leave that traditional aspect. Like, I don't want to be away. That's hard. That's a hard uh-huh. piece to, a hard hurdle to get over, right? That yeah. I don't want to be away. 
Yeah. I know when I went to treatment, um, it was right after Christmas. Yeah. I, I tried to get through. Well, at that point, I really didn't know. I, I thought I could still fix it. We got a dog. We got all these things, right? That yeah. External fixes for this internal problem. And, and it was February by the time I went to treatment, but things continuously got worse for me uh-huh. in that month and a half stretch from Christmas till I went. And I think just being okay with um, taking that leap of faith, uh-huh. right? Because most of the time, if, if you're thinking about maybe treatment as an option, you probably need it, Yeah. right? If you're thinking about it, you need it. Yeah. And yeah. it's never going to get any better for you the longer you wait. Out yeah. there navigating yeah. this addiction on our own. So I think the sooner you can get in there, the better. It's not easy, especially going over Christmas or a loved one's birthday or whatever that looks like. There's a mm-hmm. thousand justifications yeah, for not going. you're always going to find some reason. Totally. Yeah. I don't to want to go over Canada right. Day. This is blah, blah, yeah. blah. And yeah. We're good at pushing things off. <laughs> yeah. I'll do yeah. that Monday. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Just go. And that goes back to like when we talk with people who have a treatment date um, or they have an option. Mm-hmm. For intake can be at 10 a.m. or intakes at three. Yeah. Nine times out of ten, people it's take three. three. <laughs> yeah. and I'm like, jump at the 10 a.m. because a lot can happen between 10 and three. Yeah, that'll okay. change your trajectory or your mindset. Or well, maybe it's not quite that bad. I don't need this, right? And I bet if you ask it. most treatment centers, most of their failed intakes are at later in the day. I bet. Guaranteed. Yeah. The no shows. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So just get there. Yeah, I think being open-minded to like knowing it's never the right time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know, the risk, risk reward is like, if you go to treatment, you're there, you're sober, you're clean, you're safe, your family knows you're safe. Mm-hmm. If you don't go and that bed is open, you risk disappointing yourself yeah. when you don't show up to Christmas because you you failed, right? Mm-hmm. Or fell back, yeah. you used. And then there's so much more shame and guilt that comes around all that. For sure. So yeah, my advice be take the bed. Take the bed. Mm-hmm. Take the bed. I think that's a big one. And when I had to start reframing it, like I missed, uh, well, I went to treatment twice. The first time I went to treatment, I missed both my son's birthdays. They were late summer, early fall. I missed them both, right? And, mm-hmm. and I look back now that I went to treatment and I think how many birthdays or how many events was I never present for? I might've mm-hmm. been standing there, but I was so banged up or I was high or I was doing something preoccupied with the obsession to use or. Yeah. So I missed one event because I was in treatment, but I've got to be around, you know, for Christmas. Yeah. Here I am present for the rest of the, my life now. Right. It's so it's this risk reward, like you said, right? Sure. It sucks having to miss a Christmas. Mm-hmm. But what's the reward is that I might be present and never have to go through this for the rest of my life. Yeah. If you have the right mindset going into it, right? And it's hard to do. Yeah. It's really hard to do or everybody would just go do it and we wouldn't have to have these podcasts and we wouldn't have to have our support agencies and everyone would just get into recovery. Yeah. So it's hard to do, but. I know my husband, his, uh, when he went to treatment, his day was Christmas day to go in Mm. and we had a huge talk about it and he didn't really want to and i said well just think you're gonna miss one christmas with me and now we're gonna then we're gonna have all the christmases in the world together mm-hmm. it's one mm-hmm. that you're missing for sure yeah so yeah. but it luckily has got pro- postponed till the following week so we ended up having christmas together but yeah it's like just do it i think mm-hmm. people too and and exactly like what you said over the day is like, why does Christmas have to be on December 25th? Mm-hmm. Christmas can be February 7th when you come out of treatment. Yeah. We can put up the tree. We can have yeah. Christmas morning. Santa can come. Like, there's no reason. Like, you know, my sister-in-law's husband is gone for seven uh, years before he'll be back home from work for Christmas. They have Christmas when Christmas, when he's home on his shift. Mm-hmm. Like... So why can't people just change the date and be okay? Yeah. Christmas yeah. doesn't have to yeah. be. We got 365 days a year. Yeah. Or if you know it's coming, do yeah. it early. Do it early. Do it early. Yeah. Yeah. Do it early. Yeah. Yeah, I know I uh, I recently worked with somebody who was really apprehensive. And one door came and he passed it off because it wasn't necessarily the one he went to. 
and he didn't think that that door would open before Christmas, and he went last week. And, you know, I applaud him for it because he first he was very apprehensive, like, mm-hmm. I don't want to be gone. I don't want to be gone. And he's like, you know what? I'm not succeeding on my own. Yeah. And he recognized that. And I'm so thankful and I'm mm-hmm. pumped. And, you know, it is that self-recognition to know that he's he can't do it alone and he does need to go. And, yeah, he was brave enough to try. Yeah. And he's there. He's thriving. Awesome. Pumped. I think that's such a common denominator in most people's stories is they have to, they have to walk that path kind of and figure it out for themselves. That moment, like you said, right. He, he recognized that this isn't going so well for me. I'm not going to be able to do this alone. I need to go to treatment finally. White knuckling it was not working for the next door. Well, if you were to take a poll and you had the, you know, opportunity to ask anybody in every treatment center, how long did you navigate this on your own thinking you could get out of it on your own? Right. Obviously they couldn't, or they wouldn't be at a treatment center for one. Yeah. And I'd say 90, whatever. The vast majority of the people in there are going to tell you something similar that, oh, I tried every other way. Yeah. I could not do this. And things got progressively worse and worse and worse. Yeah. And then the second part to that survey I'd like to ask them is how many of you want to be here? And I bet you most of the people that you ask on day one at a treatment center are going to say, no, I don't want to be here. Who wants to be in a treatment center, right? That's the yeah. common thread. I hear so many people, I don't want to go to treatment. Well, nobody does. No. Right? But if you can shift your mind frame, once you get there, your mindset around the benefits, if you pour your heart into it and really become open-minded and willing to try the things that they suggest in there, life can drastically change for you. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. As long as... um you have the understanding that that's not the fix and the things that you're taught in that facility or the, the new tools have to continue when you leave there. Mm-hmm. That's the next, next big piece, right? Cause yeah. I know in society, a lot of people think that check that box. They've been to treatment. They should be fixed. Yeah. Right. What's wrong with you? You went to treatment last week. Why are you <laughs> thinking about drinking today? And it's about continuing the work that you did in there has to be a continuation when you leave there. Yeah. So, yeah. It's a complex question, obviously. But yeah, yeah, I think the biggest one is just get there. Yeah. Right? Take the leap of faith. And it really is because a lot of people, if it's your first time looking for a treatment date or a support group or whatever that might look like, you've probably never been there before. Mm-hmm. But they exist because they're helpful. They're not harmful, right? They're not mm-hmm. there to hurt you. They're there to help you. And if you can get through the door, things can get better for you. That's for sure. Yeah. That's about all I know. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Good advice. Alana, if there's yeah. anything out there that you want, what would you say to any listener who might be listening today? What's uh, one little tidbit of advice you could share with a listener today that uh, you've come across in your travels or, you know, how do you stay so resilient during the holidays? I guess that's that's open to anybody at the table. Yeah. I I guess for me is just doing what makes me happy. Mhm. You know. Um it's not going to fill my bucket. I'm not interested. Yeah. I think that's a big piece and I know that's kind of similar to the way I live my life now and I have a little caveat to that is you know this little internal mantra is just don't be an asshole so as long as i'm not being malicious about it i'm not going to do it right there's a nice way to to decline invitations and Uh there's you know it's about saying no but i don't want to be a jerk about it right so when i decline things it's usually about oh start with a thank you oh thanks so much for this invite um but here's the reasons why i can't come but i'd sure like to be invited to the next one Something like that, right? So it's positive yeah. at the start, positive at the end. The reason's tucked in the middle, like a little nice sandwich. <laughs> you have to give a reason, though. But you don't I have was to. Just gonna say you, don't have to. You, you shouldn't have to. Like no. you, you should be allowed to just say no. For sure. Yeah. Thank you for or the just, invite. No, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Like my my son does that all the time. Like after school, kids are always, Eddie, you want to play? No, thanks. <laughs> That's amazing. Kids are so <laughs> good like, at that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's got it already. <laughs> No, thanks. Yeah, that's so and good. And he's, he's firm in what he wants. And 
we respect that. Mm-hmm. I think that everybody should be allowed to just say, nope. I'm good. Yeah. Yeah, that's great advice. How many times did my counseling instructor say no is a complete sentence? Yeah. <laughs> right? I, mm-hmm. I look back to that. And it's true. Yeah. You might end up in situations like I know what I was sharing is, you know, that doesn't work for everybody. If it's something that I want to go to, but there's something on my list that's more important, then I would use that kind of explanation with that person. I kind of want to go, but I'm not going because I have something else I want to do already. So then mm-hmm. I would just share something with them and ask for an invite to their next event. Because for me, it's, yeah, I really lean on that um, piece around saying no is a complete sentence, saying no is my priority for my mental wellness, but I'm a, I like to look at it just holistically. What am I saying no to and how am I saying it? Is it coming across rudely? So I don't know. Everybody's a little different, I think. But yeah, yeah. I've definitely said no, no thank you to a lot of people in my life. Mm-hmm. If I don't want to do it, I don't do it. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, I don't think you should have to give a reason. And I, like even with me and my uh, close friends, we've all decided amongst each other said, Hey, if we ever, you know, extend an invite to mm-hmm. do something and you just straight up don't want to go, just say, no, Yeah, we're not going to take offense by it. And like, I have one friend, she's so blunt and I love her so much for it. And she kind of started this whole thing. We're like, let's be more <laughs> like her. <laughs> just say no. Can appreciate her honesty. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Yeah. Amber, what about you? What was the question again? <laughs> Squirrel. Squirrel. I, I was really listening to a lot of advice. No, anybody, yeah. Any Piece last advice. advice you might have for a listener out there who, uh, something that might resonate with them? Yeah, I think it really, it's hard to get away from the boundary thing, mm-hmm. right? Because it is so important Then that's how you stay well. So yeah, re- I would just say similar, respect your boundaries. Know when your off time is and what you're capable of. Yeah. Be the best I can get. <coughs> and if you're going somewhere, pack your own stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Pack your own oh, stuff. Oh, and if you're, don't worry about saying goodbye at a party. Yeah. Honestly. They just, just Houdini. Leave. That's my favorite thing to do. <laughs> Mine <Yeah>. too. <laughs> Me too. Just, just ghost the place. Yeah. See ya. Yeah. So true. And if you're in one of those kind of atmospheres where people are drinking and partying, nobody even knows you're gone anyway. Mm. No. Exactly. It's like three hours later. No, I could have swore I saw him downstairs. No, nope. <laughs> long gone, but You left at like midnight, right? And you're gone by nine. <laughs> so true. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Oh, I like the ghosting thing. Oh, I do favorite. it all the time. Yeah. yeah. And and I think in the circles we travel in now, it's kind of expected. Like nobody yeah. is disappointed. Gone. Yeah. You know, when somebody leaves early, it's just like, yeah, they're gone. And you have a supper, you play some games. And it's like eight o'clock. Oh, it's past my bedtime. It's so true. See ya. I'm cool. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Tara? Um, I think I'd say to people, it's okay to not be okay at Christmas. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? Just breathe. Remember yeah. to breathe. And reach out if you need to reach out. Or if you just want to lay in bed and watch stupid Christmas movies or something, <laughs> then do, do it. Do it. Yeah. I agree. And turn off your phone so you don't have to worry about people texting and calling yeah. and wondering where you're at. So true. Answer them tomorrow. That's right. And the day is over. Amber knows. I ghost her all the time when she texts me. <laughs> when I'm asking her to go to the gym, it's the only time she ignores Because she hounds me. She hounds me. I'm like, are we going to the gym? It's eight o'clock, Amber. I don't answer text messages after eight o'clock but i'd send her a funny instagram reel and she'd like it for sure because <laughs> she's uh-huh. laying in bed scrolling that's right or i'll be sending her some funny one yeah <laughs> oh my gosh that's so funny uh, i'm excited to get your holiday baking tara just you wait i can't say the name of what i call my one thing because it's just not appropriate oh. for this okay um, mm. but you'll like it. I'll keep an eye out in my mailbox. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Well, I'll we'll say I'll save you. some, and then you'll be down in a month. Yeah, she'll be down. We can freeze some. Will it last? Can freeze you freeze it? yours? 
Well, Lauren's coming, so I'll send some back with Lauren. Send some back Good with point. Lauren. Yeah. Good point. There if we go. We'll eat if, it on our way home. I was going to say, if Lauren's anything we'll, like me, it yeah. won't make it to Brooks. <laughs> we'll like put all the, you know, duct tape yeah. and electrical tape around a box so Safety she can't route. get into it while she's driving. It'll be distractive <laughs> driving. That's so funny. <laughs> yeah. Good stuff. I think that's a great tip around the, the cell phone piece. We didn't talk about that, but yeah, yeah. once you set your boundaries, yeah. extend it to your cell phone too right yeah yeah because i don't know how famous people are i know for myself early on i would not go to certain events but then i would check in on facebook or instagram to see what they were doing i just better see if they're having any fun right yeah i'm like Mm -hmm. why why did i do that to myself let's just back away from it and uh, life got a lot easier when i stopped caring what other people were really doing Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. great advice tara your phone on do not disturb yeah too I'll mm-hmm. plug it in, like put it somewhere everywhere. out of sight, yeah. and yeah. just not touch it. Who mm-hmm. cares? Yeah. 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 I had cool. a giant, like, Mario Kart tournament with my sister and my kids last year on Christmas, and I don't think I responded to anybody yeah. for, like, a good chunk of the day, nor did we get dressed. Yeah. People showed up to my house unannounced, and I was like, just come in. I'm like, we're playing games. And then I was like, I'll talk to you in a minute. I'm winning. (laughs) (laughs) It's good boundaries. Good boundaries. It is. You're busy. Cool. Well, I think that uh, is a great spot to wrap this episode up. Mm -hmm. I think we uh, provided some tips. If you uh, didn't hear anything that resonates with you, keep searching because there's a lot of uh, information out there. There's a lot of suggestions, a lot of advice, whether it's other podcasts, whether it's other service providers, whatever that looks like, find what works for you. Cause like I said, maybe something that was said today doesn't resonate with you, but it's all about continuously trying to find your path. So keep looking because yeah. there is something out there and it is possible. And we're prime examples. It is possible to make it through the holidays intact. Can people send us their tips? hundred percent. I would love to see that. That would be really cool. If people could share some of their tips and then maybe Alana could share some other stuff Yeah, on Absolutely. social media. Wonderful. So our collective journey on Facebook and Instagram, I think we have a TikTok account, Alana, is that correct? We do. Yes. So hit us up on one of those platforms. You now know who's going to receive them. And uh, Alana will post some of the other tips from our listeners, because like uh, we always say, right, we're, we don't know everything. We're definitely not the experts in this, just our stories. So cool. Wonderful. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Unless you hate Christmas. Yeah. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Words of wisdom from the Grinch. (laughs) 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 Wonderful. Well, thanks for tuning in to this special episode, our holiday edition of From Darkness to Life. I am Ryan, and we will catch you in the new year. Thank you for tuning in, and uh, check us out on Instagram at FDTL Podcast. Thanks, and happy holidays. From Darkness to Life is an Our Collective Journey podcast. These are the real stories of people who've triumphed over the many challenges of life's journey. If you or a loved one needs support, please reach out to ourcollectivejourney.ca. Our commitment is to empower you to build resilience as you journey towards recovery. Consider showing your support by donating online at ourcollectivejourney.ca. Hosted by members of Our Collective Journey. Produced by Rob Pate. Engineered, edited, and directed by Dave Cruikshank. From Darkness to Life is a plugged-in media network exclusive.